0: Turn in your Bible to Psalms 55, Psalm 55, uh, and uh, we're going to talk today about um, the voice of God, but also the voice of the enemy. How many of you know that the enemy of our soul has a voice? Have you ever heard the enemy talking to you? I have. I've I've heard him whisper things into my ear, and sometimes he uses people with flesh and blood, uh, and he speaks to... Uh, other people, and so David is going through a traumatizing time in his life uh, and uh and his trouble and trauma of psalm fifty five was the trauma and trouble of a close friend. you can read this uh uh in its entirety in fact, if you went over to psalm fifty five and it says for it is not for if it 's not an enemy who reproaches me for if it 's not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it, nor is it one who hates me who has exalted himself against me. then I could hide from them from him. but it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked in the house of God in the throng, so he has a close friend, evidently uh, who he tr- a trusted confidant, and uh, some people believe that to be Absalom, but then some theologians do not. Uh, Quite go down that road, but regardless of the case, he has been—he has been uh, uh, one of his friends has turned on him and has become his his enemy. And so, because of that, when you read through this chapter, David is going through some super trauma in his life. In fact, if you read through it, he, this is his self uh, analysis of what's happening. He said things like, "I'm wandering aimlessly." I'm moaning noisily. And I don't know if you've ever had it so bad that you actually had the moaning just, oh, oh, I mean, he was going through it. He said he, there was an oppression of the wicked on him and and they're bringing down trouble upon him. He talks about his heart being severely pained. And then he even gets more graphic and detailed. Terrors of death have fallen upon him. This is his self Uh, descriptive of what's going on because of his enemy. He said, fearfulness and trembling, and he even used the word horror. How many of you know David's having some trouble? And he he gives a diagnosis. Why has he allowed this to be... how, How has it gotten an inroad into his life? Let me read the first three verses. He says, give ear to my prayer. Now, let me just stop and say... When you're going through it, this is a good thing to do. Give ear to my prayer, calling out to God, and he does. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint and moan noisily. Catch verse 3. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me and in wrath they hate me i'll stop right there and that's kind of the that's kind of the launching pad of today's thoughts he said the reason i'm in the place i am is because of the voice of the enemy everyone say the voice of the enemy now and then he says and because of the oppression of the wicked now i'm just going to kind of maybe be uh, just i'll stretch this a little bit for the if you listen to the wrong voices okay it opens the door for wickedness in your life, to oppress you. And I think that's what David was battling. Not just the, the acts of his enemy or that one who was his friend, he thought was his friend, but the voice, this, the, the voice of the enemy opened the door. Because you listen to that, it opens the door to, to demonic, wicked oppression in your life. Are you with me? You know, I think of Elijah, Elijah. What happened with Elijah? If you go to 1 Kings 19, you, 18, 19, 20, you ought to read this story. It's over the top. And I read it again this week and I thought, oh my goodness, I just want to preach from all these passages of Scripture. But Elijah, the man of God, the man who heard the voice of God, who, who prophesied the word of the Lord and spoke as a voice of God to the nation. He, he single-handedly basically eradicated Baal worship from off the face of the earth, killed 400 prophets of Baal. I'm telling you, this man was a, was a bloody mess. I'm telling you, he was a, Ha, a warrior, and he expended great amounts of spiritual energy in all this process. And Jezebel wasn't having anything to do with it. She said to him, she sent a messenger to him, the voice of the enemy. She sent a messenger, and it said to this, said to him, you know what? That be it so unto me. If I by this time tomorrow don't do to you what you did to these four hundred fifty prophets of Baal. This woman didn't. She spoke evil, demonic words, and it went right in. He listened to the voice of the enemy. And the Bible says he ran for his life. And he ran, and he got. And he, and he, and he was so spiritually uh, drained, an angel shows up uh, in his. He's he's just wore out. An angel comes, wakes him up. What are you doing here? And he and he says, "Man, it's over. I wish God would just kill me. I've blown it now." You read that story. He listened to the voice of the enemy. And he had, he had a program of failure. And God would come to him and try to you know, the angel and then the voice of God, and he had this program of failure that got into his system because of the voice of the enemy. He said, Well, it's all over, I've done it. But you know, there's I'm the only one left. Woe is me. I need he was suicidal in a sense. Because of the voice of the enemy. And many a good man, and I'll say a good woman, have succumbed to this traumatizing terror that gets on the inside of us when we listen to the wrong voices. And so here's today's takeaway. Are you ready for today's takeaway? This is just what I want you to catch uh, this morning and realize this. When we listen to all the wrong voices, here's what will happen. We will pretty much always make the wrong choices. When you listen to all the wrong voices, you will make wrong choices. And that's what the voice of the enemy is trying to do in all of our lives. If we listen to his voice, whatever it may be, the ultimate goal is not just to traumatize us, but to divert us away from the purposes and the plan of God over our life. You see, when you give ear to the enemy, when you start listening to the enemy, the enemy gains access into your life and into your way of thinking. And when he gains access into your, your, your thought life, then he has influence over your future. Let me say that again. Let me just read it from my notes. If we give ear to our enemy, our enemy gains access into the way we think, and thus he gains influence into the choices we make. And I'm convinced that the, the wrong choices that most of us has made, I'm not talking about Restaurants. I'm talking about life-changing, I mean, choices. And let me just stop. You want to pause and let's all get painfully honest here. How many of you look back on your life and you can look at some choices you made that, that end up being terrible, uh, not only for you, but everybody else. And you realize you listened to the wrong voice right there. You didn't listen to the voice of wise counsel or the voice of God it's because of the voice of the enemy. So today I want to give you just, and there are probably many the wrong voices that speak to us. This is just to name a few, but there's some biblical examples that I want you to see. And you may, these may make sense to you and you may already know what voice you, I'm, oh yeah, pastor, you you can stop right now. I, I'm recognizing that voice of the enemy that's been whispering in my, you may have a name for it. Let me give you three or four here just the, just this morning to kind of get you started. The first one that I see operating in, in is even the beginning of creation, was the voice of reason. It would say the voice of reason. That's our own natural thinking going to work. But think of Adam and Eve. And what did the devil come to them and say when he began to tempt them? He began to get them to question God and say, hath God said? They said, God said, we're not supposed to eat of that. We can do this, we can do that, but don't eat of that tree. And, and the devil said, well, hath God said? He began to reason with them. Let's discuss this. Let's talk this out. Maybe, in fact, maybe God has, has, has just said that to you because he doesn't want you to really uh, be blessed. And so the devil began to reason with Adam and Eve. And listen, this voice normally puts natural man and his reasoning capacity above the mindset and the thoughts and the will of God for our life. God may speak something to you that sounds very unreasonable. This Hey, this sounds unreasonable. Think about it. You have to let me be in charge of everything. That's what lordship is all about. Well, God, now that's unreasonable now because, you know, you've given me the capacity to choose. You give me this and that. So let's just work together on this. There's some things that I need your help on and some things I don't need your help on. What's that? That's the voice of reasoning trying to weasel our way out of totally obeying what may seem to be a very unreasonable requirement to follow God. It's the voice of reason. I love Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Through eight. In fact, I heard, who's the mattress guy? Not, not the local mattress guy, but the pillow, the, the sleep pillow, the sleep mat. Is it mattress or is it just pillows? My pillow, sleep. What's his name? I saw him on Mark Levin, not before last. Anybody remember his name? Hi, I'm the pillow guy. <laughs> well, his business exploded. He went from just a couple of, of uh, employees to, just millions and millions of dollars coming in by the, by these pillows and now I think mattresses. Well, he was on Mark Levin and Mark Levin was interviewing him about his success and so on and so forth and even his problems and the, and the mistakes, the wrong choices he made. Mike Lindell. Hi, I'm Mike Lindell. Now you got it. Okay, now you know what we're talking about. Well, Mike, he was telling about the wrong choices he made and, and, uh, and he said, well, you know, he said, I've made some. He said, but you can't go back and fix them. You just have to begin today. He said, I lean very heavily upon Proverbs chapter three, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And, and, and then it seemed I don't know anything about Mike, uh, about uh, Mark Levin, but he got real quiet. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In other words, don't let the voice of reason rise up within you and undermine the purpose of God for your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. Somebody say all your ways. Say not some of your ways. All your ways acknowledge him and what will he do? He will direct your path. And Mark Lindell just said, "That's where I stay. I've made mistakes that have affected my kids. I've made bad decisions here and there. But today, I'm trusting the Lord with all my heart. I'm leaning not to my own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge Him, and He'll direct my path." And then, of course, Mark Levin just went. Uh, then he gave a commercial. <laughs> he didn't even want to talk about it. Uh, but I thought, "Way to go, Pillow Guy!" What was he saying? In all of my success, I've learned that I can't listen to the voice of reason. Think about Jesus and Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Everybody say, Lazarus. What happened to Lazarus? Everybody say, Lazarus be dead. He, I mean, he's, he's, he's graveyard dead. He's in the tomb. And Jesus comes by, and 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 that reasoning thing comes, and all, I think it was Martha, one of them, said, if you'd have been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Way to go, Jesus. Show up late, and your friend Lazarus is dead. Lazarus says, I'm, pardon me, not yet. Jesus says, don't you know who you're talking to? I'm the resurrection and the life. Well, we know that, but we know we'll, you'll be, we'll be raised. He'll be raised in the last day. He says, no, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe on me that way, hey, he, and he just says, you don't know who you're talking to. And then he says, roll away the stone. Everybody say, roll away the stone. The voice of reason kicked in. Jesus, you don't know what you're doing. By now, he stinketh. Now, that was... That was uh, It's illogical to roll away the stone. By now he's stinking. You're just too late. No, roll away the stone. Lazarus. Everybody say it. Lazarus. Come forth. He come hopping out in his grave clothes. And you know what? He didn't stink. He's still wrapped up in his grave clothes. They unwrapped him and let him go. Hey, aren't, I bet Lazarus was glad that Jesus didn't listen to the voice of reason. Are you with me? And so many times the enemy comes and speaks to us things that make sense, but they are con, they are, they are conflicting with God's purpose and plan for our life all along. And if all you do is lean to your own understanding, you'll never find the directive of God in your life and you will always be rock, paper, scissors when it comes to life choices. Wow. Voice number two, just for the sake of illustration, not only the voice of reason, but many times we listen to the voice of complacency. This is a very seductive voice. And I, I believe most red-blooded Americans are in search of the castle of the complacent. They're they wanting to, you know, how many of you enjoy just relaxing and enjoying life? I, I do. I mean, I, I do a lot of that, but I love hard work. I love I put my shoulder to the plow. But it seems like in our culture, we're we're always looking towards that palace or that castle of the complacent where we can just sit back and just go, now we're doing Now, if I don't want to do this, I don't have to do that. And we just get very complacent. In life, Well, uh, how many of you know from a spiritual perspective, we can never become or listen to the voice of complacency that says, uh, you know, que Sarah Sarah, you know, what comes may come and all those things, you know, are just going to relax and enjoy life and just kick back. And as one lady I heard many years ago say, I gave the Lord the first 30 years of my life, now I'm going to take the last 30 Uh, just kick back, do what I want, be very complacent with my spiritual life. Well, the scripture teaches absolutely different mindset about all of that. In fact, I don't think the word retire is in the Bible. We might retire from our our workaday world, but we should never retire from the work of the Lord. We should always be in the middle of God's plan and purpose for our life. If you read Amos, uh, you'd understand that uh, Israel was in a time of great optimism in Israel. Everybody was happy. Everything was hitting on all eight cylinders. Everything was going great. Man, we got it made now. How many of you know that's the time you better watch out? When everything seems to be going just right, when there's no conflict, when everything's everybody's happy, kind of like the children of uh, the new church in Jerusalem. Man, everything was hitting on all eight cylinders. People are getting saved, miracles are happening, the religious people are are are, are fearful of this new multi uh, diverse group of people called the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, growing by leaps and bounds, having great even probably but potential political and religious pressure, and and, and the church is just on top of the world and persecution comes to press the church out of the confines of its comfort zone. And that's the way it was in Israel back when Amos wrote this word in Amos 6.1, woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Let's say that together. Woe unto those who are at ease in Zion. What was the prophet saying? Be careful, my friend. Complacency is a bad thing in your life. To be at ease in Zion, to listen to the voice of complacency. Jesus talked about this in Luke chapter 12. When he talked, I think it's a parable. And he says, there are those that will say, I will say to my soul, take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. How many of you know that always leads you down the wrong road? It's a voice that speaks to us that doesn't have God's plan or our best interests in mind. And listen, if we listen to the voice of reason and the voice of complacency speaking to us, if we listen to those voices, we'll find ourselves consistently making wrong choices. Here's another one, the voice of compromise. Oh, this happens all the time. The voice of compromise comes and tells us, hey, relax. It's okay. Everybody's doing it. You ever heard that? This is just normal. It's normal hey, this is just life. Everybody's doing it. It's okay. I'm okay. You're okay. First John one nine. I just confess my sin, go on my way, and hey, I'm okay. You're okay. We're all okay. It's the voice of compromise. I think a Nehemiah who was in the middle of, of God's purpose and plan. He raised up, God raised up, not a mighty warrior, but the cupbearer to the king. This guy had a job uh, where he worked with his hands, but he didn't get his fingernails dirty. He had it made. Uh, he was a trusted advisor to the king. And God laid it on Nehemiah's heart to go back to Jerusalem, whose walls were broken down and its gates were burned with fire. And he rallied together uh, uh, the the ragtag team of restoration specialists. And they began to rebuild the walls and the Gates, and they began to restore God's purpose and plan to the earth. And the voices of in, of the enemy began to come. Sanballat and Tobiah they began to figure out how on earth can we get this guy off the wall? How can we get him out of uh, uh, this mindset he's in? If we don't, if we don't get a grip on this man, Jerusalem's going to be rebuilt. This guy is not stopping. And so Sanballat and Tobiah they sent a messenger to the wall, and they said, listen, or maybe they went to the wall. I have to read the context. Uh, and they said to him, come down from this wall. Let's meet together. We need to talk about this a little bit. Let's meet together. And we got a great meeting place for us all to meet together. Uh, why don't we meet in the Valley of Ono? That's O-N-O. Everybody say Ono. Oh, in other words, we, let's just don't get all worked up about this rebuild. Let's talk together. Let's work out a compromise. And Nehemiah said, I cannot come down. The work is great. I'm not going to no valley of Ono. And let me just throw this out. If the voice of compromise ever comes to you and wants to meet you in the valley of Ono, you just tell him, oh no. I'm not coming down. I'm not going to go to the valley of Ono. Oh no. Everybody say, oh no. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not listening to that voice. Another voice that I believe all the other, however that enemy or enemies, uh, come and speak into us, this is where they're ultimately headed with all of us. If we listen, this is where, uh, and you, and you see this and hear this kind of sometimes in the voice of David. He's battling this. It's the voice of hopelessness. Certainly heard it in Elijah. It's over. I'm hopeless. It's the voice of hopelessness. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And if your enemies can speak to you however they speak to you and get you to a place where you even like Elijah say, oh, it's over. I'm the only one left. Woe is me. Gloom and agony on me. Then he's got you right where he wants you. And then he knows. Out of your hopelessness, you will make choices that are devastating to your future. Elijah ought to thank God. I'm sure he did for the voice of God that showed up that began to speak to him. In the middle of his reasoning, I'm the only one left. wasn't true, by the way. God said there's 4,000 that haven't bowed the knee. And because he may listen to the wrong voice, ultimately you read it later, uh, the the, the directive of God when God began to speak to him, you go find Elisha, he's going to replace you. You're done. You need to find a successor. Because you, in the heat of the moment, listen to the voice of the enemy and let fear and hopelessness invade your world. So, there's just a few voices. If you're going to make the wrong if you're going to listen to the wrong voices, you're going to always make the wrong choices, but there's 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 the right voices to listen to. I'm not talking about, you know, voices voices. I'm hearing voices. There are different ways that means God can speak to us. The right voices. And, and let me just say And you tell somebody this. I'm going to say it to you, then we'll repeat it to one another. There's nothing wrong with God's mouth. Everybody say that. There's nothing wrong. I got about half of you. Let's all say it out loud. There's nothing wrong with God's mouth. If you're watching on Facebook Live, say it out loud. There's nothing wrong with God's mouth. God's still speaking today. It's just our capacity to listen that is the biggest issue. Are you with me? Now, the cool part about David, and he's so transparent, I think one of the, <laughs> I think he can be too transparent, but he's transparent under the inspiration of God in the writing down of these Psalms, and, and, and he's very transparent. Uh, though he succumbed to the voice of the enemy, he also understood the great power and authority of God's voice. And then throughout the Psalms, he declares it, Psalm 68, 33, he sends out his voice, a mighty voice. He knew the voice of God. He had heard the voice of God. He said it's a mighty voice. He sends out his voice. I love Psalm 29. You don't need to turn, I'll turn there quickly because I'm just going to butcher through it real quick. Psalm 29, he begins to, to talk about the different aspects of the voice of God. He says, that's the psalm that starts, given to the Lord, the glory, oh ye mighty ones, given to the Lord, the glory and strength given to the Lord, the glory do his name, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. This is David. He understood the voice of God. Then he says this. He says, the Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord uh, is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon is, um, I start to say sirloin. Uh, it's, I thought he was talking about cows because then he says, like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says what? Glory. I said in his temple, everyone says Glory. Man, David knew the power and authority of the voice of the Lord. And even though, and so listen, understand something. We, we could probably sit here and say that's the same way with us. But hey, I'm telling you, in the heat of the battle, sometimes the enemy will begin to speak to you with a voice that is designed to, once you listen it, it releases wicked oppression onto your mind and you make choices and do things that you would have never done had you not listened to the wrong voice. So with that mind, let me give you some right voices that all of us need to listen to. The first one, of course, in this instance with Elijah in first King's nineteen, the still small voice. see the angel got him up and fed him. he was so depressed he he hadn't eaten, and, and God had to bake him a cake and bring him some water to get him physically back to a place. Let me tell you something I think I go back i 'm telling you. I, I'll bet Elijah was spiritually and physically exhausted when Jezebel spoke these words that just pierced his heart. And so he has to get rest physically. How many of you know we're body, soul, and spirit? And we have to, get, we have to be nourished, and the angel nourished him and got him back to a place where God could begin to speak to him. And, uh, and the voice came, and the word came says, What are you doing here? In other words, this is not in my plan. And then that program of failure would begin to... And then God brought him to the mouth of the cave and the storm and the fire. But God was not in the storm and the fire. He came in the still small form. I love what Isaiah says about this still, small voice in Isaiah 30, 21. It says, your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. It's the still, small voice. I can't tell you how many times throughout my journey when I'm trying to figure out God's purpose and plan for my life, and God speaks to me in a still, small voice in that quiet place. I've told you this story before, but I'll tell you again. Back when I was getting out of high school, I was about to graduate. This kind of all regurgitated in me Friday night when I was out on the football field. And, and all these graduates are throwing hats and and family pictures are being taken. And I went all the way back to my nineteen. 74, I think, right? Uh, graduation. I can't remember anything about it other than it was on a football field. And, and I remember the days and weeks before that, they were telling me, if you're going to college, you have to take these tests. You have to make decisions. There's some steps you got to take. And, and my mom was pressuring me and, and 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 everybody's pressuring me and I'm just going, oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, and my mother, in all her gentle motherly advice, said to me uh, one afternoon, she said, okay, son, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what God wants me to do. She said, okay, go to your room. I'm, about to, I'm a senior. You don't send seniors to their room. She said, go to your room and you start praying. And don't you come out till God speaks to you. I guess that was God speaking to me. I don't know, but we'll talk about that. So I go to my room and I'm going, man, this is awkward. I don't even feel like praying. But mom said, you better pray. And I realized if, I, if God doesn't speak to me, I could be here a long time. But she said, don't come out till you got a word from the Lord. And no kidding, I began to pray. I said, God, I've been banished to my room. I need you to speak to me. And as I began to clear out the garbage of life and the fear and the doubt of the insecurities and the question marks of life and the, and not knowing God's plan for my future literally did not know what I was going to do when I graduated. Who would have thunk it? Uh, And God began to speak to me. And he gave me the first couple of thoughts. About my future. He didn't give it to me, give it all to me. But he spoke clearly. I heard the still small voice. I'm sitting here today because of the still small voice that spoke. Hey, there's nothing wrong with God's mouth. There's nothing wrong with God. And let me tell you, sometimes God speaks to us things that make no sense. Sometimes he speaks to us in ways and means that make all the sense in the world. I've told you this before, uh, our our house equipment, our lake house, I, I rent it out by the week and by the weekend, it's a pretty good little part-time job for old P. Sam and Beverly. And plus we get to enjoy it as well. Uh, and uh, as I was sitting on the dock over however long we've been here, how long we've we been here, Beverly, 20 something years, a long time. I was giving this to God and I, because I thought, how can a man own two homes, uh, especially a preacher? How can you own two? I got to sell this to get that. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving it up and I'm sacrificing it on the altar. I just didn't, in my wildest dreams, ever think I could keep it. And I said, Lord, I give it to you. and I'm starting to feel better. I give it to you. I shouldn't have been doing this down on the dock because that was playing tricks with my brain, man. I'm looking at the lake. I'm going, Oh man, I can't give this up. And my spirit was going, yeah, you need to give it up. No, it's the, and, and my spirit began to win. Out over the flesh, and I released it to God. This is yours. It doesn't belong to me. I'll do whatever you want. I'll follow you all the days of my life. And I heard the still small voice. I love what it said to you. can keep it if you want. Clear as a bell. I can, it's like a light bulb went off in me. I can keep it if I want. I want. Oh, in so many different ways. It's the still small voice. Here's another one that you won't like, but it's true. It's not only the voice, God's still small voice, but it's the voice of God's silence. Have you ever asked God to speak to you and you heard nada? How many of you know, even on the negative side, have you ever gotten the silent treatment? Husbands, that's... okay, Husbands, have you ever got the silent treatment? That's a tactic. Now, when you get the silent treatment, they're saying something, right? When when they're not talking, they're talking. Now, it's not that way. God doesn't give us the silent treatment unless we're out from under his blessing in our life and we have unforgiveness in our hearts, our prayers, the Bible say, are hindered. In other words, God can't talk to that. But when we're, God never just randomly gives you the silent treatment, but when God's not talking, let me just give you this, he's not ready. And number two, evidently is not, not only is he not ready to talk, but he's, he knows on some level, you're not at a place where you can hear what he has to say to you. It's just not time. Beverly now when we were looking for our home and after we sold our home, we, we, li- we lived in the camper out by the church. It was pathetic. And seven months we lived out there. We couldn't find God's plan. We finally got peaceful and we just realized, you know, there's something we don't know. And when we know it, then we'll know. And so we're going to have peace and enjoy the camper. We call it the camper. I don't know why, but we enjoy the camp. And you know what? It come to find out that God couldn't tell us what to do because if we had told us what to do, we would undermine his plan for our lives and for our future. And so we waited and God, at his timing, we were coming home from the lake house that God said, I could keep it because I want. The reason we were there a lot is because there was no recliner in the camp. So we stayed there, and I came home, and God spoke to me exactly what to do. I told Beverly, this is what we need to do. I got the Word of the Lord. When God was ready, He spoke. And we obeyed, and it worked out miraculously. It's the voice of God's silence when he's not. Hey, when he's not ret- when he's not returning your calls, you know he says, "Call into him and he'll answer you." He may answer you, and you ask him something, and all of a sudden, silent. I can't. I can't talk about that right now. You just relax. In fact, I love this verse uh, in Scripture in Psalms 46. He says, be still and know that I'm God. When God's not talking, just relax. In fact, the, the translation is better. I think the Living Bible says, let go and relax and just know He's God. It's the voice of God's silence. Number three, and this is, I love this one. It's the voice within the voice. Let me explain to you. Sometimes God is talking through others to you. If God, catch me, listen, are you listening? If God can speak to Balaam through a donkey, and he did, surely he can speak through your spouse. Are you with me? Surely, he could speak through your children. Surely, he could speak through the preacher. Who would have thunk it? It's the voice within the voice. And I can tell you how many times pastorally I've been counseling people, looking people, and you know, helping people go through, and I knew God was speaking through me to them. And I'm telling, I remember one illustration. I said, I woke up this morning with you on my mind, and here's what God said that you need to listen to. This is the voice of God speak, God speak. And I told them that, and they looked at me like a calf stares at a new gate. And somewhere along the way, they didn't listen and they went out and they made the wrong choice. Now the Bible is very clear. How many of you appreciate the the prophetic gift? There's there's a prophetic gift. It's when God speaks to us through human flesh by way of the Spirit of God. Read, hey, look at the gifts of the Spirit. God speaks many times to the church and to his people through other people. It's the voice within the voice. God speaks to us. And count the in fact. Proverbs 5 and Proverbs 8 talks about counselors and people who God raises up to speak into our life. On the other hand, I I can't count count how many times. When people have gone, let me just use people have, before I knew it, their marriages were in trouble. And by the time I knew it, they have already been to the lawyers. Because somehow, somewhere along the way, they've been listening to another voice and God forbid that the pastor have a voice in their life. Or a wise counselor, for goodness sakes. Am I... that's why God gave us the church. That's why He gave us brothers and sisters. In the, here, hey, listen to this. Proverb 24, 6. By wise counsel, you will wage war, your own war, and in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. It's amazing to me when people get in there, the voices of the enemy start whispering and speaking and, and overwhelming them and, they, and, 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 and and cause them to shut down the voice that could really speak into their life, be it the brother, the sister, the pastor, the counselor. Who could say, I know you're having a hard time hearing God. Let me, let me step in here for a moment and speak to you the wisdom of God. wow, I was digging through papers the other day and I found a typewritten instruction and guidelines from Pastor Ron that I think he read to me and gave to me on our setting in as the pastor of this church many years ago. I'm reading through that and I'm going, ooh, I should have kept that to heart after 20-something years. Ooh. Wow. A couple times I went, yeah, I got that one. I realized that, man, looking back after 20-something years, God was speaking through Pastor Ron. And dull-headed Sam was in some ways not listening. So all of us have been down that road, but hey, Just like Mike Lindell, I can't change that, but I certainly can change my future. Amen. It's the voice within the voice. We all need people who can speak into our lives. I got some good guys in my life. I've told you this before. John Miller, years ago, he pastors Church on the Rock, Texarkana, a great church there, Just bought the old Gander Mountain building and about to, oh man, it's just going to be great. Uh, We call it, oh, we made a funny story about, you know, the ducks or something, Church on the Rock. We couldn't figure it out, but great guy. We were traveling home from a conference and I'm kind of, as before we were here, I said, John, I just need the Lord to speak into my life and and I just need him to speak. I want to hear what he has to say. And he basically said, well, it, have you really sat down and started listening? And he began to talk with me and it was like, God. Hey, man, we're just friends here. Won't you be talking for God? He was like, it was like God speaking to me. It's the voice within the voice. And then finally, and we'll close, of course, it's the voice of God's Word. Let me say this about the Word of God. The voice that all all other voices must bow to, both good and bad, is the voice of what the Word of God said. They'll think, but what does the Bible say? Well, I just believe I'm supposed to do this. What, what, what does the Bible say? I've heard guys say that. I hate to keep using it. I believe God told me that I'm supposed to divorce my wife. I believe God told me I'm supposed to quit my job. I believe God told me these things. I'm going, wait, but what does the Bible say? Because everything must bow. Every voice must bow to the voice of, of the word of God. This is the voice that, that, that should overshadow every other voice. And I tell people all the time, who especially are having a hard time hearing God, sometimes God's talking and nobody's listening. Uh it's their ears that become dull of hearing. But I want you wanna know how to you wanna you, you wanna know how to clear your spiritual ears so you can hear the voice of the Lord? Start saturating your system with the word of Almighty God. And if you want to know a few places to go, hey, start reading some of the Gospels and, and learning what Jesus said. Get into the Psalms. Read the Psalms. Hey, go through and read a proverb a day for 31 days uh, during each month. Begin to saturate your system. Wash your brains. The Bible says the Word of God will wash your brains. It'll cleanse your life and give you clarity of understanding. And all of a sudden, you'll hear the still, small voice because you had yourself because you've had your nose in the book and you've opened yourself up to the word of God, thus saith the Lord begins to be made manifest in your life. It's the power of the word of God. Eclipses all other voices, overshadows everyone. If you get a prophetic word that, that it is contrary to the written word, it's not from God. As a teenager, I heard this. I can take you to the service road on I-35. I was driving down the road and my halfway remodeled 32 Ford hot rod, four on the floor, 327. Uh, That's what I drove my senior year. And I heard this voice say, if you just smoke a joint, it'll make you hear God better. That sounded pretty legit for a minute. Today, that sounds silly. But for a little bit, I'm going. You think? Maybe so. Finally, I, I. Finally, I came to myself and I said, "That ain't God. That ain't the door. It didn't line up with the Word of God." Read Psalm one nineteen. Psalm one nineteen. Nearly every verse has to do with God's Word over our life. Now. Who wrote it? David. Who's battling here with the wrong, listening to the wrong voice in Psalm 55? David. And your homework today is to read Psalm 119 27 times. No, I just read it. Read Psalm 119. Listen, catch this. In the context of voices and a, the word of God speaking to us, It's the longest chapter in the Bible. Every verse has either directly or indirectly insight about the power of the influence and the Word of God and the voice of God speaking into our life through this written Word. Paul came along and put an exclamation point on it when he told Timothy his son in the faith in 2 Timothy 3:16 he said all scripture is given by inspiration from God it was breathed out of the nose from out of the nostrils of God. Theonoustos, breathe out of the nostrils of God. All scripture, some, let me just tell you, you hear anybody telling you this is not the inspired word of God, that it's uh, it's hit and miss, you just tell them, not in my world it's not. All scripture is given by inspiration from God and it's profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, for training and righteousness that the man or woman of God may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. See, I memorized that a long time ago because I knew I was gonna need it one day. One day, when the voice of the Lord needed to be in my life, I realized, "Oh, I need I need God's word." You can't do like one businessman did. He was having financial trouble. He said, "God, I need you to speak to me." And he did this. And he looked down there. It said, "Chapter 11." Some of you didn't catch that. It's okay. It's the word of God. What voices have you been listening to? I hope you're not where David was, but all of us have at some point. Wandering aimlessly, moaning noisily, oppressed by the wickedness of this world, trouble coming down on me, heart severely pained, terrors of death falling upon me, fearfulness and trembling and horror. Why? Because I listened to the wrong voice. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for the voice of the Lord. And as David knew in Psalms and throughout, even though he was so transparent about when he listened to the wrong voice, Lord, he was also inspired to share with us the power of the voice of God. Lord, he said under your inspiration, the Lord sends out his voice, a mighty voice. Lord, we pray today for those who may have listened to the wrong voice that you would bring clarity in their heart and you would, even as you did Elijah, track him down with an angel of God, track them down with an angel of God, bake them a cake and give them a drink. Begin to speak to them clearly and wash away the program of failure in their brain. Father, today, let that be the case in our life. Friends and family, Lord, we know you. You know us. You said, my sheep hear my voice. And they follow. You. Lord, may we hear your voice and begin to follow you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.